Emanating from our basement studios. I've never seen contraptions with so many buttons and knobs and dials before. This is WADD Talk Radio with Bill Neville. And that's the bottom line. Patrick Heenahan. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. And Sean Heenahan. You call that a beer belly? That ain't no beer belly. That's a fuel tank for a whoop ass machine. Okay. Let's go. So from the intro, you guys can tell that tonight is the Stone Cold Steve Austin episode. Oh, today, hell yeah. Today is 316, March 16th. And this episode of WADD Talk Radio is be- being recorded in front of a live studio audience. Woo! And it's also brought to you by Bush Light. <laughs> sure. Or Keystone. Or Budweiser. Or Steve Weiser. And then Miller Light and like one couple of Steve Weisers, yeah. I just want to say, I, I know I got the short end of the stick on the, uh, the intro there. You always there. do, though. I'm, st- I'm scarier than both of you motherfuckers now. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But it was f- way funny. You, f- you fuckers. The fuel tank for an ass glass whooping machine. I want to stone cold stun each of you. I love it. Let's do I it. I would take it. And you can actually sell it, Put unlike through the Donald table. Trump. Absolutely. So uh, in this episode of WADD Talk Radio, we're going to dive into some NFL talk at the beginning for the first time in a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. some free agency. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, signings. A couple of signings between the Giants and Patriots that we're going to discuss. Um, we're going to dive into the final saga, I guess we can call it, of the uh, the jokes that shape modern comedy uh, article that we've been discussing for the last couple weeks. Part 2.5. And, uh, of course, we'll dive into our staple of WTF news. But let's start with the the uh, NFL talk. We had a, a big trade today with the Pat- or yesterday with the Patriots where Chandler Jones was traded away for a second-round pick and a uh, bag a, of synthetic yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. um, well, nothing. Nobody. Really. Jonathan Cooper. Jonathan Cooper. Thank he you was, for the Arizona dropped. Cardinals. They got uh, something out of the deal, um, and which but, means that they got the second round pick. So now, in the second round, because the Patriots do not have a first round pick due to the Deflate Gate punishments correct. that uh, they, should, which they should get, they should get back. They should get back. They're fighting for it. Uh, they now have the 60th and 61st so picks. Two picks in the top 61, which is and bang bang huge for Belichick. And yeah, that's humongous for Belichick because he doesn't have to worry about taking someone. You know, he knows he has someone right mm-hmm. away. It's like in that fantasy draft when you're first or last, you get the two in a row. Sure. And you don't want to give Belichick that. We have a couple of notable second round picks that he's gotten in recent years. Rob Gronkowski being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the other one that I was thinking of? Uh, Devin McCourty was a second round pick, and both of those guys that got traded for Chandler Jones was a top ten pick, Correct. right? And so, uh, or not no, top ten? Not he was a first 10. round. Jonathan Cooper was a number seven pick. He was the top ten. Jones pick. was, I believe, twenty one overall. So, and based on the way that some of the, especially the New England pundits are, uh, you know, sports analysts are taking the news. Uh, Jonathan, Co- basically, they traded Chandler Jones for a second round draft pick because apparently Jonathan Cooper. He's hurt sometimes. He doesn't play. He only started like eleven games. You know that doesn't that can mean a lot sometimes with offensive linemen, but you never really know. What, um, what I've been hearing recently is that they picked up Jonathan Cooper because uh, of the rehire of Dante uh, Scarnecchia, who, who had have never left. Right. The first well, had Jonathan Cooper very high on his draft board when he was here. Yeah, a couple uh, years when ago. Cooper was drafted in twenty thirteen, and. Just quick side note: Do you think they win the Super Bowl if Donnie Scarnecchia <laughs> is the offensive line coach? Because uh, that seems like where all the problems stem from. There's a lot more work to do on that offensive line than hiring Dante Scarnecchia. I don't know, man. He was uh, like an absolute wizard with the plug-ins the past couple of years for the Patriots. And now, do you but, think there's a hole in the defensive end too? Because he was uh, no, they Jones. Just, they signed was Chris good, Long. They just signed yeah. Chris Long to a oh, one-year okay, deal, so, they, so they filled in the gap. I mean, they're they're putting him on a thing so that he has to prove himself. I think is great. I think Chris Long is in a position where he got snubbed, he got dropped by the Rams of all people, of all teams. He's like, I'm going to get dropped by one of the worst teams in the league. Like, I obviously have something, I'm in. I have something to prove. And uh, I feel like when players come in that have a chip on their shoulder already come into the Patriots, that's a recipe for success, it seems. And yeah. then Chris Long already won over the uh, the entire region of New England by saying he completely disagreed with Deflategate. Yeah, that was before he was ever signed. Right. Very smart. Very smart. Um, well, and, you know, he didn't do it with that in mind. No, right? but, but he was just spe- he's yeah. a guy who speaks his mind. Yeah, well, like, speaking about Chris's that just got signed to the Patriots and have to prove themselves, uh, 
I, don't, I wouldn't say a friend, like an acquaintance of ours. We yeah, played. Our, Chris Hogan is on, our, the, on the Bills. Can, yeah, we on the high Bills. school football. He was on the Bills. Uh, Pat got hurt his senior year, and the kid that stepped up in the state, uh, state championship game as a sophomore was this kid, Chris Hogan. Who, yeah. uh, and he had an out, outstanding game. Probably the best athlete I've ever seen in my entire life on a on a regular basis. Well, yeah, he played four of years sports. of or three three and a half years of lacrosse at Penn State. Penn State, and then he had an extra year eligibility. Went to Monmouth University. Started both ways as a corner and a wide receiver. Only you know in his in that year he only had twelve catches, but three touchdowns and everything like that. But his pro day was insane. He had more. In his pro day, that was at, I think it was like Fordham University. He wasn't obviously wasn't at the combine because <laughs> he was a guideline lacrosse player. They're not showing up to Monmouth University to recruit players. Uh, well, they did. Obviously, uh, he yeah. had the most reps out of any wide receiver um, that was at the combine when he did his pro team. And his forty was like insane, and his three cone drill was insane. I mean, the, just crazy. And so he was got some notoriety back a couple of years ago when HBO's Hard Knocks followed the training camp of the Miami Dolphins and a one Reggie Bush called Chris 7-Eleven because he was always open. So that kind of gave him a nickname. He ended up getting cut from the, I think at first he was on the Giants a little bit for like spring. He then went to the practice squad for the Niners, then to the Dolphins, and then to the Bills where he's been for the past three years. And had what 35 36 catches last year for the Bills as a Yeah, Rex Ryan really liked him. Yeah, no, and uh I, I think part of the reason why the Patriots like him so much is because he was so versatile uh just as a player, special teams uh too. He special teams uh, all special teams I mean, he including had, punting. Well, yeah, he was the backup punter. I mean, this kid could punt the shit out of the ball. I swear to god, he could punt the ball and be fast enough to go catch his own punt 7 Jesus. yards away. Like I Almost guarantee he's done that. Like I was a long snapper too that. in high school. That's pretty cool. Um, we we did a lot of fake punts with him. <laughs> he was just so goddamn athletic, he was weaving in and out of people. He was. Uh, I saw him take a jet sweep, which is when you come down the line in motion, in motion, set go as soon as the quarterback sit and and just it's just a quick handoff. He went past the tight end. The whole defense, the Northern Highlands defense, all cl- he stopped on a dime and just one eighty across the whole uh, back entire line. Like Madden ninety four to no, with Barry like, Sanders, like or, or like, like Madden two thousand six with Mike Vick, basically. <laughs> oh, there you go. And just back and then just went and scored a touch. Just end arounded the whole goddamn defense for a touchdown. And I think it's a great pickup by the Patriots. And sure. Bill, did you you were looking up his contract with three years th- twelve? Three years twelve million wow. with seven and a half guaranteed. And five million in the first year. Artie White's doing some work right there. But you know why the Patriots gave him five million to begin in up front in the first year? Is because the Bills only had four point five million left in their cap space. So it was for the Bills, they were already kind of stacked with wide receivers. I mean Chris was Chris is going to fight to play wide receiver at Patriots, but he was really going to have to fight to get some time with the Bills because they have uh, Sammy, Sammy Watkins, Watkins, Marquise Goodwin. I think is Rob Woods still on that team. I think I don't know if he got a trade or anything. But are they going to waste? Are they going to make the, the Bills waste their cap space or try to work cap space to hold on to maybe their fifth wide receiver? You know, and they made it so that because he was a restricted free agent, right? And they wherever knew he the Bills weren't going to match, the Bills can match and hold on. Yeah, uh, but they didn't because of the way they played it. So hey, he's getting paid. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was making league minimum or somewhere. I mean, he wasn't making millions of dollars a year. He's getting but now paid he to is. play. I it's love dream. it. I'm very proud of him. That's awesome. It really you have a really good jersey pride, Rampo High School pride. You know, we were on the same practice field as this is kid. He not you know? the most perfect Bill Belichick oh, player, God, though. Yeah. I mean, people always drive like the white wide receiver. But he could also go. No, it's the it's the versatility. It's, it's the, the versatility u- is because people. Oh, another white slot receiver. No, not really. But those he versatile f- slot receivers f- end up being white most he's of the split time. End, but right? no, but that's the thing is he split. He did about fifty six percent of his snaps last year were in the slot. So that means he's also playing outside. He can go over the middle. He can catch the ball. He can. Uh, he I plays he all can. the special teams. He has a couple. You know, like I'm pretty sure he had like over twenty five tackles on the year or something like that in special teams. I could be wrong about that, but. He plays a punt return, everything, and he's backup punter, a lefty punter to begin with. You know, Bill loves his lefty punters. Bill loves his lefty punters. Yeah, I love my lefty punters. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Neville and Belichick, <laughs> both fans of lefty punters, uh, and former lacrosse player. I mean, does it get more Bill Belichick no. than that? No, it really doesn't. And you look That's at awesome. you look at the the white guys who've been in that position over the last few years. You had Wes Welker, you have Julian Edelman, now you have Danny Amendola, now you have Chris Hogan. It's it, it's going to be a beautiful thing. I think a lot of people are hoping that Chris really turns out so that they don't have to keep paying Danny Amendola that exorbitant contract. He had a solid season to. last year. He stayed healthy. Did he? He did. Okay. 
Right. Amendola? Yeah. Uh, he did step well, up when they needed him. When Edelman him. went down. You're saying last season? I'll give him that. Wait, you're sure. saying last season Danny Amendola did a lot better than he did two years ago? Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Danny Amendola did had one huge catch. All he had to do was score a touchdown. And that yeah. was, <laughs> Danny Amendola a, couldn't stay healthy in the Super Bowl year. He caught a trick play from Julian Edelman. You oh, know? true. Like That was that was the that. biggest play of the, he, the he playoffs was, at that point. He was a, momentum swing and everything. He was in a very J.D. Drew rule, uh, role in the uh, the 2014 J. Super Bowl. J.D. Drew. Where he did jack shit during the regular season and then stepped up when you needed him in the playoffs. And he's got a younger brother that got paid too much to be a shitty hitter. <laughs> <laughs> Steven? Yeah, Steven Drew. Yeah. Uh, but uh, hey, the, uh, the Patriots. You know, obviously, yeah. They, they interesting to see what they do with the draft. Now they have a little more chess pieces. Now you know that hopefully they're going to be able to use some of them. And some people were talking uh, on sports radio about them packaging and trying to get as many as they can, and then try it, try trade up to get uh, like a trade early up those 30s, two bang bangs for a get first, a, a late thirties pick, and you're right there for first couple picks of the second round. You can late still thirties. You mean the one that they should have? Yeah, that I can't believe they haven't gotten back yet. Have, have you guys heard this rule that? Um, because the Patriots draft pick was taken away and say they traded, they packaged the, the two second rounders they have now and tried to trade for like a number eight overall pick. They can't do it. They can only trade into the spot that or if they were to trade into the first those round. picks to get into the first round, they would automatically defer and be back into the spot where they would have. Is that true? I've, that's what I heard. Good lord! The NFL really likes dicking people. Yeah. Huh? So even if they traded or wanted to trade with like the Arizona, not Arizona because they're good now, um, who Tennessee Titans maybe want to trade up to number two, they would actually still end up picking at twenty nine instead of two, which is ridiculous because yeah, they would because they would take their better pick away. Oh, okay. But they would get their pick back. Oh, all right. I understand that. That actually makes a little bit more sense, which is kind of. Asinine, yeah. Which I, a lot of the, the things fact that they're the NFL missing a first round pick is asinine. to begin with is asinine. The, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know what that. I'm sure that conversations have been had in in private meetings that a lot of. I mean, strong words have probably been used. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's big words that Roger probably doesn't know. Most um, likely, he's a he's a dunce, <laughs> a, power, a power hungry dunce. Yep. Yeah, you know, a, a big dunce, and we all think that, but he also makes forty fucking million dollars a year. He can't be that big of a dunce. Like, he doesn't even have shit. a. He doesn't even have a law degree. He's in charge of arbitra- He's in charge of like literally one of the biggest nonprofit organizations in the world. Wasn't that a prerequisite with, to become NFL commissioner? He has a. He doesn't even have a. I don't even know if he has a graduate degree. He might have just a graduate degree, not even a master's in, in economics. He graduated with University the, of Phoenix economics class. <laughs> You got a scholarship. I went to UTI. <laughs> I also have one. <laughs> yeah, because you got it there. You got the UTI at UTI. Um, uh, let's get into some Giants. I was going to say, those are some small signings for the Patriots, but the Giants really really threw their hammer on the table, if you know what I mean, in terms of, I think Jerry Reese had, as we said before, he, has, he had a lot of shit to prove. And yep. I, I was, I think, a big proponent that he also has a lot. I, I wasn't expecting him to go about, exactly. wasn't expecting him to go uh as crazy as he did in free agent signings, I was expecting to make more of a move with the draft. But I mean, he's he re-signed Jason Pierre-Paul to a one-year, ten point five million de- million dollar deal. Which see is, the clip of JPP doing the benching? Yeah, ripping two twenty-five man, and he says he's not wearing the club next no, year. No, he's uh, he's like, no, I don't want to wear it anymore. Which we'll see what kind of grip he. The grip on the bar, you know, it was a little blurried or it was a little far away. You put your thumb but, on the inside of the bar and still that's bench. The thing. It's okay. He has enough to be able to put that amount of weight on his arms. There's a couple not times when off. he was literally scraping people with his club and he couldn't do like if if he so could just try to beat him to death. If he could just with his new teenage mutant ninja turtle hand, <laughs> if he can just grab and drag people down. I mean, it's going to be worth it. It's true. <laughs> Winter taught him well. His teenage mutant ninja turtle. Hand. No, it's true. It's absolutely. It's probably Sean. It probably looks exactly like that. Like a weird. It looks like he put his hand in Shredder's mouth. Yeah, <laughs> just, there you go. And pulled it out. <laughs> it's just a nub. Oh my! God. He wanted to get a clump of grass out of a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's got oh, the fireworks man. tonight with the jokes. Uh, nice one. <laughs> hey. Uh, and you know they made a couple more. Uh, there were some fireworks uh, in the checkbook for the Giants in five year sixty two point five. To Janoris Jenkins, man, a corner that we needed now with Dominique Rogers Cromartie. Uh, depending on how they play, they could be a top five, you know, double you know corner team. And 
Uh, Prince of Mucamero, who was was didn't stay healthy as much as the Giants wanted him to. He went down to the Jacksonville Jaguars on one year deal. Good, you know, hey, good for you. Good, go away. That's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jamoris Jenkins. Good thing about him is he played. I don't. He's playing almost every game every season. I don't think he's had that many injuries or anything like that, which is another problem. Um, there's good thing about uh, the another defensive end that they signed uh, Olivier Vernon from the Dolphins. Uh, who got $85 million uh, deal uh, in five years with 52.5 of that guaranteed. He also he started every single regular season game with 46 starts. That's amazing. Uh, Snacks Harrison from the from Jets Giants. that they signed to a five-year $46.25 million with $24 million guaranteed. Holy shit, that's a lot of money between the three of them. Uh, he also played a shit ton of games. And... Between, I think, the three of those guys, they have, out of the 11 seasons they have combined playing, I think combined, I think they have five or six games that they've missed. Wow, that's impressive. Which, coming to the Giants, who over the past five years have had the most players on IR out of any team in the NFL. And, you know, we said before that they they hired uh, or they fired their strength and conditioning coach and they got a new one. You know, keeping guys on the field is a big deal for the Giants. And it seems like, you know... They really, as I said, they laid their checkbook and really lit it on fire. But, you know, it seems like these signings are really good. And that was all last week, those three signings, and JPP was the week before that. Uh, And people were, I think a lot of other Giants guys were wondering, where's a linebacker? And they just signed Keenan Robinson from the Redskins. I always love it when they take a guy from the NFC East away from, you know, another NFC East team. Um, And he is not getting his paid as much as the other guys. He's just getting a one-year $3.5 million deal. But, hey, and that, he stayed healthy, too. And, you know what? He'll use that as motivation to earn a big contract, I, I hope. Yeah. yeah. And both of those guys, him and Olivier Vernon, can they're both very good against the run and the pass. So I'm very – Pat, are, are you happy as I'm, I am about this? I am so many more, so much more excited for this season than I thought I was going to be. I, I knew they had to do a lot. And, and they I wouldn't say the Giants do a bad job of in – in trying to get what they need. I feel like they, they do a, a good job with that in the grand scheme of things. But this year, more than anything, new head coach, you know, a lot, Jerry Reese, a lot to improve because there, there's a lot of holes to fill and, and they've filled a couple now. So I, I'm, I'm I think, pretty excited. I think he got, uh, when I say he, um, Jerry Reese has gotten a lot of people to kind of, okay, he, you know, a lot of people were like, what are you going to do? A lot of people were mad that Coughlin was fired and not him. And why not both of them? Or why just, you know why just Tom? Why not just Jerry? Because um, that's where it seemed where the problems were, and he seems like he's backing it up. You know the reason why he's he's kept his job. So and going through the draft, we'll see. Um, Bill, I'm very interested to see what the Patriots do. I know he said that, but that's uh, as interested as I am about the Giants because uh, I think they have um, some other holes to fill. Absolutely, but the Patriots. That's it's always fun watching what Bill ha- what Bill does on draft day. Yeah, we'll see how they finish the off season. You know, both teams. You know, so you know. Speaking of finishing things, I think we should probably try to finish this. I think when we originally saw this article, we said, "Perfect, that'll be great for one of those." You know, af- before baseball starts, after football ends, kind of episodes where we don't have that much to talk about. Like, perfect, one episode will be instead fine. We, and, instead, we took up an entire offseason. Yeah, this is milking a, this fucking thing like for about like a, a month cow. though, which is a good thing though. That milk tastes oh so good. Yes. You know, it's, it's a um, funny tasting, Patrick. Yes, um. it is a little funny tasting. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, uh, two clowns. Uh, yeah, Christ. I mean, two two uh, two cannibals are eating a clown. Uh, all right, and then uh, one turns to the other and goes, "Does this taste funny to you?" Our father told us to tell that joke on the show. By the way, Did that's she? my that's our mother's favorite joke. That is her go to <laughs> really? joke, which is awesome. Well, I think it's awesome. She's got a great sense of humor. She ended up telling me this week. Um, she works at a hospital. At breakfast, she just decided to tell me that they had a case of a shaken baby. And oh. my dark sense of humor that I got from our parents, I just go, well, it should have stopped crying. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And without a beat, she goes, yeah, probably. And then just keeps <laughs> talking. <laughs> it was just like, I'm, this is where it comes from. Yep, there She's you go. a nurse that has to deal with this baby. She has to feed this, like, make sure that this baby doesn't die on a daily basis. And it's I like, couldn't oh, help but say that joke. And she's like, well, yeah, probably. probably I mean, shut up. <laughs> She's like, yeah, but we're just trying to find out who did it now. And I was yeah. just like, oh my god, you're the best. Exactly. Baby's crying. 
Baby's crying. What show is that from? You remember what show that was from? The PJs? No, it's from the Chappelle show. Oh. Remember that? The whole uh, McDonald's, he gets a job at McDonald's, and you know he's stepping up in the world. You, might, you guys don't remember that one? I don't know. I remember a lot of Chappelle show. I don't remember that one. Yeah, sorry. Well, hey, do you remember the one when he is a black supremacist? Uh, uh, do you su- mean supremacist? Do you mean the greatest sketch almost ever? <laughs> yes. Uh, so that one is on the list of this Vulture.com article. Is it first? It's the first one that we're getting to, and nice. this is uh, starting out with uh, 2003, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, Neil Brennan, who is awesome, uh, oh. just what a Great guy, stand up writer, great, uh, great on Twitter, amazing you know. director too. He has a one man show called Three Mics coming out where he does one liners, uh, uh, political or some sort of commentary, and then talking about his depression and mental health with three different mics on the stage, and he goes from one to one to one. Interesting, yeah, it's a very interesting show. Sorry, but yeah, he helped create a lot of these sh- uh, Chappelle show sketches. Him and Dave really. I think they literally hit home runs every single episode. Yeah, I'm Rick James, bitch. Uh, Prince playing basketball. You can go. We can go all night with that. Game blouses. Um, but this one, this uh, audio clip is about a minute clip we're about to play here is from uh, the black uh, white supremacist, and it, uh, you know, he's going around. And he's blind. It's a it's a black guy who's blind, and he's wearing the tarp over the whole time, the white hood the whole time throughout the whole thing, and everyone thinks, you know, so they're at a rally, and he has this awesomely hilarious speech. And then towards the end of the speech, the it's crowd's like a going. Crowd's about going. This guy. Yeah, like the crowd's going nuts. And then uh, one of the people goes, "Let's see your face." So that that's where we uh, we pick up in this, a mockumentary uh, sense of early Christopher Guest. Yes. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Yeah. Who said that? You want to see my face? Clayton, go on, brother. You want to see my face? Don't be afraid, So he removes it and he's black and wait for it. That's someone's head exploding. We're told that in the last few weeks he has accepted the fact that he is a black man. And three days ago, he filed for divorce from his wife. When we asked why, after 19 years of marriage, he responded, because she's a nigger lover. One oh of the greatest punchlines ever, <laughs> and probably the guy, the 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 commentator guy who's saying this mockumentary is a, a, a white, white male dude in the sixties <laughs> because she was an end lover. Like, oh my lord, oh my lord! But Yikes. definitely, Chappelle Show absolutely just shaped modern comedy. I would agree with that. I'm and, rich, uh, biatch. Um, yeah, and another thing Dave Chappelle did too is I think bring light of um, how much controlling the upper people are of Hollywood. You yeah, know, with the whole thing of him. Him being scared out of that meeting and the meeting the, the people he denied higher a up fifty million and, dollar contract. Yeah, he was getting threats and all this other stuff, and he, he pieced out to Africa. And, and people were like, "How could you leave fifty million dollars on a thing?" It's like people forget that I already had twenty million in the bank. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then to get that fifty, he would have to change the whole game, which where he got to, you know, which which that product got him where he was. He should have just cleansed his souls in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Why don't you come join us for a pancake breakfast. <laughs> So another staple of uh, of the early two thousands, other than the Chappelle Show, is uh, is John Stewart and the Daily Show. Just Comedy it's political. Uh, it just really was able to put every all of the issues, all of all of the stuff that's going on in politics. He really was able to do it in a very funny uh, layman person way, you know, or layperson. How the fuck do you yep. say that? Up? And really, what it was is is a um, a way to kind of get, as you said, to the general population. Almost to see the hypocrisy of the new 24-hour news cycle that was brought on by the cable news of like CNN and Fox News and things like that. And The Daily Show and Jon Stewart and the writers were did an amazing job of playing the media against themselves and playing people um, just finding the hypocrisy uh, that exists in that – especially the political world. Yeah. I mean good lord. We see it every single day now. But I, I think – there was was there anything better than the indecision two thousand? Well, he, that's the thing; it was all teed up perfectly right for him. Bush was an idiot; he was contradicting himself left and right. The way they covered it was hilarious, and it was true. That was the cool part about it. And you also had talent; their correspondent talent coming out. That these guys are now comedy giants. I mean, you had Stephen Colbert then got his own show. You had Steve Carell was a guy. Rob Riggle was a guy. Um, you had uh, who? Michael Che was a guy, but that was later on. Um, who else? I mean, good Lord, Samantha B. Um, 
just so many hilarious um, people. Um, 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 John Oliver. Yeah, John Oliver. Who's who's uh, Ed Helms? Ed Helms. Ed Helms is a huge one. Oh, yeah, I totally. Ed Helms is a huge one. Him, him and Steve Carell. I would say got the, probably the some of the biggest. Other than Stephen Colbert, obviously got the, the biggest. He got his own show right afterwards. Yeah, like he, he just took he, over for David Letterman, um, which is awesome. You guys, you guys watch that show at all? Do you catch I, some I clips haven't seen it since the opening week. Honestly, yeah, they say the numbers aren't doing very well. So are, James are Corden well. does better than him, and he's on after. Yeah, Seth well, Meyers he's doing more viral. And... James Corden does way more viral stuff, man. Yeah. The, the the karaoke in the car is tremendous. What a brilliant idea! And you ever hear him explaining why that's such a good segment? Is because he, it's him and the celebrity in the car. Right. There's no handlers. There's no people pressuring him like, oh, we got to go or speed this up or you got to watch what you say. In front of an audience. There's no one. It's two people in a car singing songs, and usually it's the artist song. You know, they don't have to deal with like an audience like we do every night. Like the Adele show. one was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Sample size is about the same, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh jeez, our studio holds a little bit more. Um, but we got three in here we tonight. Have much more comfortable chairs. This is true. Yes, very much so. Um, but keeping as, in that, as uh, Sean proceeds to fall out of his, did you just break that chair? Uh, no, talking about sure chairs. That's fine. Sorry, it's the Austin episode. We can hit him with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put him through the chair after hitting him with a after hitting him uh, with a chair. But, oh God, what's he doing? Sean's trying to fix the chair during the show. During the show, he's fixing this. <laughs> um, but uh, talking about... See here, the joint over here is uh, disconnected, and uh, plastic and metal... Uh, the intro was right. Her. He does have a beer belly, and his beer belly just put hey, himself f- right fucking look through at that. that. I, I know, look belly. at that. Those are some abs. Uh, I don't know, some flabs. No, magic of radio, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Magic of radio. But, Sean, going back <laughs> to... Uh, you were talking about Daily Show, and what they did is call out a lot of hypocrisy, and one of the best person they ever got on all that was President Bush. Um, and the one... One of the first times they ever did that, or, or one of the most you know well-known ones, is uh, when he did Bush versus Bush. Uh, so I just have the uh, him introing that right now. But, John, every time I want to have a calm, honest discussion about these kinds of issues, I'm shouted down and harassed by uh, the Dixie Chicks and their ilk. (laughs) Well, tonight it all changes. We're going to have an honest, open debate between the President of the United States and the one man we believe has the insight and the cojones to stand up to him. So first, joining us tonight, George W. Bush, 43rd President of the United States. Welcome, Mr. President. Good evening. I'm pleased to take your questions tonight. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. I'm pleased to ask. <laughs> Taking the other side, joining us from the year 2000, Texas governor and presidential candidate George W. Bush. Good evening. <laughs> thank Some you, great audio. Mr. President. You won the coin toss. The first question will go to you. So then he proceeds to go back and forth in just contradiction after hypocrisy after just ridiculous statement after just oh and it was hilarious and it really just he does put his it best out impression there. of donald trump yeah yeah he, he always did pretty good impressions too uh don't ask uh, why it's not that but uh you know john stewart is 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 a, a man amongst boys when it comes to 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 the shows you know, I think TV shows type of thing. And, you know, if you really look at that show, oh, yeah. there's a very simple template to that show. Um, and you can get caught in to the repetitiveness of it. But he every night he knew exactly what needed to be done, but was able to put his own spin on it, his own humor, his own facial expressions, and his own um, comment. Ta- he'd have his own comment. Tapping like, of the pen. Like they'd have like an like epic like intro to, you know, Indecision 2008, and have like explosions and all that stuff. And then like they'd cut to him and he'd be like, all right, obsessed with much, you know, like just <laughs> yeah. the little things like that that kind of the point back, you know, breaking the fourth wall. And they did a little such bit. a was, good was job really of awesome. that, and also bringing the facts and everything like that. I mean, I know I watched it all the time, Bill. I don't know I every mean, once it, in a while. Yeah, not every night, but but it almost comes to the point where that's kind of where I was as a younger person, high schooler, and even younger into college, and then older into college. It's kind of where I would hear more about the news was a comedy show. And you know what I mean on a com on Comedy Central where I could actually get seemingly unbiased information. I mean, sure there was jokes and everything like that, but I think the information was put out there a little bit better, and you kind of knew what was going on. And then he would have you know they would do their you know let's make fun of Fox News, let's find all the hypocrisy there, you know current events, and then let's have a guest and have an open and honest discussion with them. And then come to the point where they started using the internet more, where if it was a very good interview or with someone that they needed to ask a lot of questions, they would cut it for time, for TV time, but put the rest of the interview online. And I think, and they always kept their clips open and free, you know, that you could access them online. Uh, And that was kind of earlier in the internet when all this content started going out there. 
and like if you missed people it, catch would it on guard the internet. it. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the older networks would guard their content and want you to pay for it. When Comedy Central was a you know pretty ahead of the times in terms of sensing that like no, we're just going to create this content and it should be out there because we want people to watch it. Yeah, and that's very much now. I mean, how yeah. many things do you know that are behind a paywall now? That's true. Uh, John Stewart, absolutely awesome. He had a great news team behind him too, writers, news team, all stuff. Um, one of the best news teams, I think. You know, but one of the fakest best news teams of all time. The best news team of all time. Ron Burgundy and, and the crew and the Action the Seven new, and the Action Seven news team. Is uh, it seven? I don't know. I guessed on the number. Action Studio Audience. Is it Action Seven news team? They have no idea. They have no idea. No idea. Action Seven. Action seven. Let me blow my conch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ron. Wait, we've we've been here the whole time, Ron. <laughs> so in that movie, they have an epic fight scene. Uh, epic, epic fight scene from all the other news teams gather, and it's it's the it's Ben Stiller as the uh, the it's Spanish be a bilingual bloodbath. <laughs> they had um, uh, what's a face? Uh, oh my god, he's in Whitey Crashers with Owen Wilson. Oh my god, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is in charge, and they're like the main rival one, and that that's a great. Thing. Which gets so, your suits the toilet store. <laughs> So Brick, Brick, obviously, unbelievable. Steve Carell, we were just talking about Brick. him. Um, so uh, the, the clip that we're about to play is right after the uh, the epic brawl between the, all of the uh, news monthly teams. Monthly pancake breakfast. We, uh, <laughs> we do it every month. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. <laughs> I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while, because you're probably wanted for murder. <laughs> so just hilarious. And that, that movie alone, you, every scene, there's, so there's many a quote gems. that someone's quoted before. You know, so recently. It's, it's the pleat in the pants. It's, uh, I'm wearing pleated pants. That's why it looks that way. <laughs> he's like doing curls 999 1000 did you, did you hear how many dumbbells? I did I don't know if you heard me but I was I did over a thousand I did over a thousand of those. 60% uh, of the time it works, works every, every time, time. Um, but you know obviously one of the, just goes to show I mean we're re-quoting this movie like back and forth and I like easily yeah it's I, I like to say because our father would always say that, like, you know, Caddyshack was that one-liner king. You know, you, you could recite almost the whole movie. I, I think Anchorman became that for our generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of the Pharrell, you know, uh, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay movies, Adam McKay, obviously the writer, uh, who started at SNL with Will Ferrell, where they got their chemistry from. But, I mean, how many other, you know, how many other movies are just, like, so quotable that they are a part of... Um, and for, honestly, for, and the two of them together, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, made Funnier Die, which talk about shaping modern comedy. Absolutely. I mean, Funnier Die is, you know, they host, you know, they'll take any people that apply to them and that if they think they're good enough, they have a studio in Los Angeles that you can go to and use all their in- equipment for free and their spaces for free and, and they'll host it on Funnier Die. And if it's funny, I mean, I'm... Like the workaholics guys did that when they were mail order comedy. I don't know if they got on funnier that or they they could have. And I mean, it helps them get a show. It helps other people get out there. I know Pete Pete Holmes and like and his guy Oren Brimmer were. Um, they did those Batman, you know, the the Batman and stuff like stuff and the Will Ferrell or uh, the um, Goodwill Hunting when they did that like mashup. They did that with funnier die stuff, and that helped him get his television show. So I just, I, I mean, we're talking about shaping modern comedy. I mean, right there, those two guys. Yeah, unbelievable. Absolutely, and taking it uh, taking from Anchorman and Steve Carell, another big movie that Steve Carell is is known for is Forty Year Old Virgin, and one of the best scenes in that movie is the waxing scene. <laughs> it is oh the God. best because it was scene like a real movie. scene. Like, he was really getting waxed, and there's Talk a really funny director, uh, Judd Apatow. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a funny bat- behind the scenes video on YouTube you can see of, of like the making of that scene, and it's it's really funny, just like the behind the scenes. Well, it has to be a one take, right? Because he, they're he, pulling he, actual hair off of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and like that's real blood, you know. So uh, I kind of mashed up a little bit. Of the of that of that scene. So this is your first time getting body waxed. Yes, yes, it is. Take off your shirt. Okay. Oh, we're gonna need more wax. <laughs> I'm staying. This is gonna be good. <laughs> and clear all my appointments in the afternoon. Here we go. Oh, that feels warm. Cox. <laughs> One. Two. Oh, cox. Cox. 
Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all done it? Yeah. That's fucked up. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> they put it on his nipple. Oh, it's it's horrible. They made a smiley face out of it, yeah. <laughs> and that's and they just left it there. <laughs> they wears that white and blue bowling shirt after, and he's bleeding right through it. All the the lines. Oh my god. Oh my god. And he's so mad after that, as as you should be. That that is that is horrible. Oh my god. That's so funny. That's so fucking funny. Yeah. That's and some great scenes. I mean, that's Judd Apatow right there. And I mean, God, over the past what fifteen years, the amount of movies that he's done that that they're you know again like Anchorman that have become a part of our lexicon. You know, all the great jokes and one liners. I mean, here's just a quick list of the things that obviously four year old virgin. He's then in. He's made uh, knocked up. Super bad, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, Pineapple Express, Funny People, Bridesmaids, This Is Forty, Trainwreck. I mean, and also being involved in executive producing Girls on HBO. Uh, you know, and he's constantly involved. I mean, he like wrote like a critically acclaimed book book that came out last year. He uh, now does stand up all the time because he used to be a stand up when he was younger and then got into movies. I mean, just absolutely unbelievable. And it's shit like that over and over again. Just classic scenes. Every single one of those movies, we could be quote, we could quote each one of those movies for ten minutes each, no problem. Oh, for just, sure, and it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. And did you say he did Funny People? Yeah, did he do that one, a little bit darker one with Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. and um, that was the one I think. The, I love that movie. It was his wife was one of the main. Uh, yeah, I love, yeah, his I love wife that is too. Leslie Mann. Yeah, yeah, she's always in it, and his daughters are the always the kids. Yeah, that's always a great. And they're uh, dynamic. super fucking talented. Yeah, definitely. You'll see them on Saturday Night Live one of these days, maybe one of the, one of those girls. You know, see me in an actor. Uh, do you think? Like, you think they'll? I don't know about acting. Some some technical difficulties with Sean's mic. Yeah, here. Jesus. it's that green cord. We were having problems with that last week too. Yep. Uh, I don't know about SNL if they'll be on SNL, but I think they'll be at, like major actresses. We need yeah, that, we need that sponsorship money to uh, replace the cord. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Good thing we charge cover. Did you guys pay yet? Or <laughs> no? Two drink minimum. <laughs> we would have made fifteen bucks off of them. No, um, five dollars cover for. So for the basement outside that Boston. That means there's three people here if you, uh, for all, everyone doing math at home. Yes. Um, but speaking of Saturday Night Live, um, one of the main things, and Sean talking about uh, um, a daily show using the internet and using the kind of the virability of that, uh, Saturday Night Live did a very good job when uh, Andy Samberg came into play. He made a name for himself with his quick little videos. His digi- uh, They were called digital, digital shorts. shorts. Him and uh, his uh, two other guys that made up Lonely Island. Yeah, and it was that cross between, uh, all right, you know, they used to do cartoons, ambiguously gay duo, all that stuff, and now they need more of a of a uh, SNL did a, a SNL, yeah, Smigel, yeah. Robert Smigel. Steve so Carell was the voice of uh, one of the uh, Ace or Gary. I can't remember really? which, which one of them. Uh, Bringing it home with that one, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, but yeah, Sean Lonely Island, great, really, really funny. Couple of good songs. Got my dick um, in a box. Yeah, exactly. So let's play. Let's play twenty seconds from that song. Fellas out there with ladies to impress, it's easy to do. Just follow these steps. One. Cut a hole in a box. Two. Put your junk in that box. Three. Make her open the box. And that's the way you do it. It's my dick in a box. My dick in a box, baby. I mean, it also helps that you have Justin Timberlake uh, oh, going along with him. Harmonizing. Who, like, who's like, and who's like super gung-ho to do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. that guy's just like super, I mean, how talented. Well, is that, that was sort of Andy Samberg's. Uh, benchmark where he would take Justin Timberlake and do that. He would take T Pain and do I'm on a boat. Oh yeah. Uh, he what did about Shy Ronnie with uh, Shy with, Ronnie Rihanna. with Rihanna. So good. He did Akon uh, with uh, I just had sex. Oh my god. Um, what was the other ones? There, I think there was another one. I, I can't remember the off the top of my head. Close. What? I know, but yeah, yeah, that's that one. One. <laughs> yeah, that was with uh, what's his name, Chris um, Parnell. Chris Parnell. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he he was one of the main parts. And oh, and the other one did the Chronicles. What of Narnia? Like that was one of the main songs that put them on the map. Did we say that already? I literally <laughs> just that literally oh, just wow. came out of my mouth. All right, sorry, I'm an asshole. Uh, but uh, Saturday Night Live obviously shaped modern comedy very much so. Um, interesting that they picked that, you know, at least of that year, I guess, 
um, because you know that was a little bit of a lull. You know, you lost Jimmy Fallon, you lost uh, um, Will Ferrell, you lost Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler might have still been around at that point, but they needed something, and and that's what it was. It was Andy Samberg, it was Bill Hader, it was them, Chris Parnell, and you know, doing the digital shorts and bringing and in making and making shit go viral, and it kept Saturday Night Live relevant to back to. I think it's back in a very good way nowadays. I, I do. This season has been um, surprisingly uh, awesome. Uh, you know, I'm having. I know my friends are like now. All of a sudden, hey man, did you see that SNL? You know, sketch from last night, and I'm like, two years ago, if I would have brought up SNL, they'd have been like, you fucking watch that shit. Who's like, been good for like 15 it's years? Garbage. And now it's you know now you know once again they grab another sketch group with that are like good neighbors which is Kyle Mooney and uh, Beck uh, Beck Bennett Beck Bennett I was the guy say from Beck, the AT and T commercials yeah. sit at the with table the little with the kids, kids. Yeah. oh right that was yeah. great and just and, hilarious shit after hilarious shit right. every and, week and, and guys awesome. like Taron Killam and Jay Farrow are doing a tremendous job and, and you get like Pete Davidson who's super yeah. goddamn funny and then Bobby Moynihan Bob, yeah God, Bobby Moynihan and uh, Keenan Thompson have been there for so long. Keenan, Keenan am I in the minority when I say I don't find Keenan funny at all? Sometimes he can be. Sometimes Except when he not. plays Steve Harvey. Then he makes me laugh. Yeah. Well, they, they're, now, now walk him. <laughs> their go-to joke for a long time in a lot of the sketches, if it was like something ridiculous or something really not that funny or whatever, a lot of their go-to was Keenan reacts. Like is that and that's yeah, in, he, that's in the script, and they would just show Keenan, he go makes, what? makes those great or something faces. like that, and they did that for a long time. So I can see why. Well, Lord you can Michaels like, loves him. That's yeah. all that matters. Well, yeah, he's he been around. He doesn't give a shit if I like him or not. Yeah, one of the long longest standing. Members. He's been there for thirteen years, and I think how old is he? Probably like thirty early two. Yeah, like early thirties. Still poking at himself. Him and Bobby Moynihan have been there forever. Yeah. it seems they they're pulling the old Horatio Sands. <laughs> That's great. Uh, talk about uh, a long-standing comedy and a long-standing comic in Louis C.K. He is unbelievable, awesome. and he brings a whole other element of, of comedy to the game of of uh, abruptness, ridiculousness. St- he talks about stuff that you wouldn't normally talk out loud about or say, but he t- just flows right out. There's no filter. I mean, I always loved comedy and stand-up, Pat. We used to watch it back in the day, but it kind of it kind of waned on me. I'd always sort of pay attention but then when his Shameless or was it Shoot Up came out, that was that like 2006 or something like that? Yeah. Just it was so original and so fucking funny that I, you had to pay attention. And he's obviously been, you know, you know, storming through comedy, you know, for what now, you know, he's been in the game for 20 odd, some odd years. But in the past 10 years, I mean, the guy's been absolutely unstoppable. One of the best things to happen to him in those 10 years is him having his two daughters and going through a divorce and all that stuff because it's been the fodder of his jokes and, and it's been the, the, you know, the main thing of his jokes and just awesome way to switch it around and, you know, talk about his daughter. So the clip we're going to play is uh, him uh, calling his four-year-old uh, daughter an asshole. The other kid we have is, uh, she's a, f- a girl and she's four, and uh, she's also a fucking asshole. Uh, it's true, man. I'm serious. I say that with no remorse. Fucking asshole. She's a douchebag. She is. Fucking jerk. The other day, I'm like, put your shoes on. We're trying to leave. Put your shoes on, please. Put your shoes on. Put your shoes on. Put your... How many times can you say that to somebody before you just want to kick them right in the fucking face? Seriously, if you're with a group of people that are trying to go somewhere and you can't go, you can't go because a member of your party just refuses to put their shoes on, that person is a fucking asshole, okay? <laughs> so uh, just awesome. Just making people laugh. He's calling his own It's all real life asshole. stuff. Yeah, it's really, really good. And there's always the thing, people oh, okay, you know, yeah, this guy's kids know he's got material about his kids, but I don't think anyone did it like Louis C.K. No, definitely not. Just so, funny. and he says the things that people are afraid to say, and that's why people love Donald Trump so much. Yeah, that's true. Because um, he's a joke. Well, nice. Sure, I like that. I like that. Um, Sean, what are your thoughts on Hannibal Burris? Because I think you were the. Oh God, that that's your thoughts on <laughs> Hannibal Burris. That's not very nice. I think you were the first one to ever really bring his name up to me. Uh, it, so you got to check this guy out. He's really really funny. Oh, Hannibal's great. Uh, Hannibal Burris is great. Uh, and the most recent thing with him is he um, has a joke that he's you know he made the joke about Bill Cosby raping women. And not that, even on a special or not even no, – it just was just at a show in, at the Trocadero in Philly. Yeah, and some person took it with their cell phone, and that's the audio I'm, uh, I'm going to play. I'll, I'll play that joke. Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. This kid's on TV. Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. 
yeah, but straight women, Bill Cosby, so kind of brings it down a couple notches. Yeah, but you raped Woo. women, Bill talk Cosby. The, talk about the firestorm that he just lit when Oof. he did that, and that came out. And it wasn't, like we said, it wasn't even a, like on a special or it wasn't even on TV. It came out as a grainy video that went viral, and and it, everyone was like, wait a second, Bill Cosby raped women? And it's up to like 50-something women who've come out, right? Or something like that. <laughs> and, and all uh, these women are like, ooh, it was me, it was me. 49 women or something like that? Yeah. And Who knows how many are true? Just, right, but, I mean, you know. But well, one is all that if, matters. If it, yeah, it, thank you, Bill. Exactly. And talk about the takedown of of a national icon. And think about it, he's been the butt of all jokes. And if that's not shaping comedy, I don't know what is. You Seriously. know what I'm saying? Hannibal Bill made Cosby that comment. Was this guy, and then you know, before he really got it out to the thing, as you're saying, Bill Cosby was like a, like a that fatherly figure of uh, you know you might make a joke about you know, his sweaters or that he has so many college degrees from all these other different places, you know, but those were the only jokes. And he was this guy, you know, this revered guy because he was this, um, which I think a lot of there then became these think pieces of like, oh, he was like the, the black guy that white America, um, accepted and like said that, you know, you're going to be like the guy that, you know, you could be the, you know, the, the fatherly figure for the black. And that's exactly what Hannibal was as how he got into that. Is saying like, yeah, but you're smug and all this, and you're telling us to pull our pants up, but you rape women. So like, you, you can't, you don't have any. Like I said, stand on. that's going to take you down a couple notches. That's that's and what he said. Down more than just a few. Yeah. So, gentlemen, we we've gotten through all of the clips that we thought that wow. were one of the main ones. We obviously missed a lot, and and we, you know, next episode, I think we're going to get into some that we think they missed or they might have not included. Um, which I'm really excited about that. that yeah, part, I'm, I'm really I've, excited I've about to debate those and <laughs> you know have a good uh, heated debate about you know about those about uh you know what we think uh, the jokes that they missed uh, shaped modern comedy um but uh, i think it's time to get to our uh, our staple segment spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of wtf news the stories that make you say what the f- wtf mate what the f- this is wadd talk radio's wild world of what the fuck all right, so I gotta get my theme music going for my uh, for my what the fuck oh, article. God, we got theme music. <laughs> All right, sorry. So uh, keeping here, uh, college goes on lockdown. Turn that shit off. College goes on lockdown after a lightsaber was mistaken for a gun. This is coming out of East Farmingdale, New York, a New York college that went on lockdown. Uh, the whole campus, whole campus on lockdown. Student staff members. Told a shelter in place uh, today uh, while a police investigator reported someone was assembling a rifle in a school parking lot. College Pokemon says the rifle was actually a Star Wars toy. Uh, the university has. Oh, it wasn't a real 8, lightsaber? 8,700 <laughs> students. It's not a toy. So some paranoid asshole shut down thousands of people's day. Just, just for being paranoid about a, a lightsaber, like, dude, Star Wars Seven just came out. How the fuck do you not know what a lightsaber looks like? You know, get with it. I don't know. You go to Farmingdale State, um, <laughs> but holy shit, what the fuck on that? In uh, any any article where I could find a backup music for for my, you know, I'm, I'm pumped about that. That's one. music of well, background theme, if you will. Noises. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. But uh, yeah. So, uh, Sean, what do you got, bud? Uh, my headline starts out with police. Beware of men challenging teens to rap battles. Uh, in central Massachusetts, uh, specifically Charlton, uh, the police said that a black SUV with two or three men in their late teens, early 20s, are pulling up to pulled up to three teenage boys uh, about uh, in the afternoon on Saturday. Uh, this guy jumped out uh, and asked the boys if they wanted to spit some bars with them what does that mean spit hot fire uh and uh it seems like it's a spit i guess i guess the kids like called the the uh the police i mean they were just like yeah no we we don't we don't have any rhymes sir and then they called the cop they they just drove off and then they like and they called the cops now the cops have to put out a report it's like i mean like i mean it's like spaghetti 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 i mean it'd be one thing you know (laughs) Jesus, it's not like they, you know they're getting getting you know charged with arson because their because their rhymes are so hot fire. But 
you know. <laughs> the car There's... exploded when I put my mixtape in the CD yes. player. <laughs> you know, what's credible information about the in- incident was uh, told to child. call the local authorities so they could maybe get it. And it's drive by beatboxing. And you think, I think a lot of people, feel, yeah, maybe they thought it was like a rifle or a, a machine gun, but. Uh, the it's not even like I think a lot of people in the comments that I was reading on this were like oh it must be like three hulking black guys no it's just three white guys that are just probably stoned and like making Yo, a I YouTube got video balls like he's do calm down man it's just a prank it's just a prank it's, it's just prank, his man. form of marketing he's Dude, trying to get his name out there you kicked me in my testicles. so that really made it's me say prank, that really made me say what the fuck I agree with that it's like uh, Black Swan the guy outside <laughs> outside Fenway that's always peddling his shitty CDs. <laughs> Is he the? He's the, gonna uh, make the guy. He's he's holding like four pairs of headphones. And he runs up to like a group of girls. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to my mixtape. Listen to my mixtape. Listen to my mixtape. Five dollars. Mixtape called Five Dollars. Fear of God. You're gonna, the end is near. <laughs> not, put, that's not that guy. Oh no, it's not that guy. <laughs> not the guy handing out the shit. He's like a young uh, African American male. It's like, hey girls, you want to put these headphones on? I put on other strangers. Does he listen to my shitty rap music? Like <laughs> uh, Bill, what do you got, buddy? Uh, mine comes over from the, uh, the our friends over at the UK. A 22 year old British woman has died from an aggressive form of cancer after her doctors reportedly initially mistook the disease for pregnancy. Uh, according to the obituary, uh, Demi Wright from Colchester died peacefully on February 23rd after battling the disease. Jeez. Uh, doctors were Demi wrong. <laughs> what kind of uh, what kind of cancer? Uh, liver cancer. Uh, Demi had be- had a benign tumor in her liver as a child, but uh, as a result, she had checkups in her teens. Uh, they didn't notice anything, but she- then she began to experience a t- uh, pain in her side. And uh, when she went to the doctor, they noticed she was emitting human. Chironic gonadotropin, a hormone that's emitted during pregnancy, um, but she was not pregnant. She had cancer and ended up passing away. Jesus Christ! So, um, what? Are they the suing f- the doctors? For you would imagine that would be a malpractice suit, right? Uh, just see, just seeing any time that somebody dies in a medical situation by accident or mi- misdiagnosis certainly makes you say be, what the fuck. I, I understand where they might get that because of the i guess that's a endorphin or a, some sort of the, you know that hormone, hormone release yeah um but if she had a benign tumor when she was younger that should a probably be in her records that i'm sure they have access to they should be like all right well let's check this out i mean you used to have a tumor and if she could be like yeah well like i don't i don't know maybe if she was not having a lot of sex she'd be like yeah I, there's i can't be pregnant because I haven't had sex or anything like that, but like you gotta, you can't just take a hormone check and just be like, yeah, now you're pregnant, right? Right. Like, and she said in the article that uh, she had been using the contraceptive pills, so she didn't think she would. There was any chance of her being pregnant, so she went and got an ultrasound to see what was happening, um, and they didn't find a baby in there, so they performed a surgery and discovered a tumor on her liver, and uh, the cancer had already spread throughout her whole too body. Late, too late. Oh, fuck. That's, That's terrible. So. Yeah. Oh, way, to, way to end a happy, funny comedy <laughs> show with, with that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely a, a What the Fuck article. Oh, for, uh, right in the warehouse true, of what, true, the fuck. what the Fuck. Um, but guys, uh, we're, I don't really want to get into our brackets or any of that crap. We'll get into that next week. We'll see how bad we did over the weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. But good luck with those. Um, what was it? A Stone Cold episode, right, Bill? Yeah, baby. Listen to the music. Uh, so you guys can follow us on uh, on Twitter at WADD Talk Radio. You can find us at Facebook.com slash WADD Talk Radio. Pat, where can we find you? Heaners Wiener, all E. And Sean? Find me at Have You Seen He. You can find me at Bill Neville NAI. And Sean, when will we talk to the folks again? Next Wednesday. Oh, hell yeah!